Matthew chapter number five tonight and uh, want to uh, continue on a little further in our study on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five. I'm a little loud up here tonight, Brother Tripp. Uh, Matthew five, let's stand tonight. We're only gonna read about five verses and we'll read down to where we are and uh, we, uh, we'll probably stop there uh, when we get to the text that we'll be preaching out of tonight. Matthew chapter number five, actually six verses this evening. And verse one, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> verse number four, blessed are they that mourn, <clears throat> for they shall be comforted. Verse five, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And then verse six, and that's where we'll preach tonight. Blessed, <clears throat> excuse me, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. That'll be uh, the text we'll preach from, the thought we'll preach from. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's pray tonight, all right? Lord, we ask you to help us, please. We need your help. Touch my voice, touch my mind. Lord, I'm tired in these days of going and running to and fro everywhere Lord, I pray you'd give strength that I need. Touch my mind. Touch the people of God. They're tired, I know. Lord, their days have been long and busy. I pray, God, for a little while that you would sit amongst us and preach to our hearts. Lord, the folks have on purpose come to church tonight. On purpose, they've got ready. They've got kids ready. Uh, they've, they've rushed to eat or put something in the crock pot for later. And uh, God, some not even have ate supper yet. They've decided to come to God's house. They decided it was an important place to be tonight. And I thank you for that. God, may we not take that for granted. Lord, there are people, God, who have uh, and are dealing with uh, uh, circumstances, uh, Lord, that are unbearable. God, I pray you'd touch them tonight. Lord, I pray you'd comfort our hearts, speak to our hearts, convict our hearts. Lord, feed us from thy holy word. Lord, we pray we need fresh manna from heaven. Lord, fresh manna from above. God, feed us and fill us tonight and may we leave here as the Sermon on the Mount teaches more hungry and more thirsty for righteousness. God, fill us, I pray, in Christ's name, amen. You can be seated tonight. Uh, we are going to deal uh, tonight with this next in the order of the nine Beatitudes, and it is this, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, let's take a moment tonight and uh, consider righteousness. Uh, if I am supposed to hunger for it, if I am supposed to thirst after it, 
then I probably need to know what it is. Uh, what is righteousness? Uh, I'll, I'll define it and then I'll just give you just a simple definition. Uh, righteousness is being accepted by God. Righteousness is being approved by God. Righteousness is the character of God. How many of you agree with that tonight? God is righteous. He's right, he's righteous. All of his doings, all of his workings, all of his ways are ways of righteousness. God is righteous and there is no flaw, there is no fault, there is no folly in him. He is the epitome, he is the definition, uh, he is by definition righteous. Uh, the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Uh, we fall short in the area of righteousness. When it comes to righteousness, I don't have my own. When it comes to righteousness, I can't produce my own. I need his or I have none at all. God is righteous. But the Bible said that for you and I, we are blessed when we hunger we are blessed when we thirst after righteousness. Uh, and so I just define it like this, give it to you simply like this. That is you having a desire to be right with God. You having a uh, desire in the depths of your soul to be okay, to be right with your maker. I, I wanna be right with God tonight. Uh, I have not always been right with God. There was a time I was a sinner. If you're here tonight and Jesus is not your savior, you're not right with God. And uh, there was a time I was lost on my way to hell and I was not right with God. And I'm glad, thank God, that the blood of Jesus can make a sinner right with God. As a child of God tonight, I wanna be right with God. You say, I thought you said that you were. I am in my position I am in my standing before God. Uh, my sins have been atoned for by the blood of Jesus. I am right with God, but I wanna please him tonight. I wanna live for him right now. I want my actions today and tonight to be pleasing to God. How many of you tonight, uh, on a Wednesday night, about 7.30 in the evening, uh, more than anything in this world, you'll testify to the fact, I wanna please God. I want my words to please God. I want my ways to please God. I want my worship to please God. I wanna be right with God. Uh, that's simply what righteousness is. It is being like God. Uh, I, I, I can't, and again, I can't do that on my own. That takes the work of the Spirit of God. Uh, that is the work of salvation. It is a work of sanctification. The moment you got born again, God put you in his righteousness. That's the only way you could get in. And now that you're in his righteousness, God is teaching us and drawing us and helping us to be more like him every day. The songwriter said, Brother Martin Wheeler wrote that song, more like you, less like me. Uh, John said it, uh, I must decrease and he must increase. That's personal sanctification. That is, I wanna be more like him today 
than I was yesterday. And I want to be more like him tomorrow than I am today. I want my deeds, I want my actions, I want everything about my life to be more like him every day. I want to please God. That's hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Um, it is not... Uh, and when I say to be like God, it is not in a uh, insincere manner. I think that's what the devil wanted. Remember Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 14. Uh, Satan said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Uh, I, Satan said, I want to be like God. But he didn't want to be like God because he wanted to live in God's righteousness he wanted to be like God because he wanted God's glory. He wanted to be like God because he wanted God's praise. He wanted to be like God because he wanted people to bow down before him. Uh, there's a lot of promotion in the church world of folks wanting to be uh, righteous, if you will, uh, but that righteousness is, they want God's glory. They want the approval that belongs to God. Uh, as a preacher, I shouldn't be pointing to me, I should be pointing to him. As a church member, it's not about you, but it's about him. As a husband or a wife in your home, it is not about you, but it is about him. As a singer, it is not about your song, but it is about the substance of the song that you're singing about. Uh, we're not to desire being like God so that we can be worshiped. We're not to desire being like God so we can be praised. We're not to desire being like God so we can be applauded and patted on the back. That was what Satan's problem was. He said, I will be like the most high. But we ought to desire in the depths of our heart, I'm so unrighteous, I wanna be like God. I'm looking for the day, hallelujah tonight. But when this Body, I don't want to die. I'm I'm enjoying living, but I'm glad this is not all there is. I'm glad there's coming a day, and the trumpet will sound, and I'm headed out of here, and I'll be in a glorified body that will be righteous without the capability of unrighteousness. Uh, what Jesus is teaching is not self righteousness. Uh, but an imparted, imputed righteousness. I want to please God. I want to glory in him. Uh, so I felt like I needed to define uh, righteousness tonight. Uh, it is the very nature of God. Jesus looked at all these disciples. He looked at all of this crowd gathered beneath uh, this mount where he's beginning to preach this sermon. Uh, and he says to all of them, if you want to live in the blessedness of God, if you want to live in the joy of the Lord, if you want to know something about the goodness of God, then let God give you, create in you a hunger and a thirst for righteousness because in righteousness is holiness and are in, in righteousness and holiness is joy and godliness and contentment. Uh, some of the happiest blessed people I know were people who quit hungering and thirsting after everything down here and made their mind up I'm interested in something beyond this life. If all of your appetite tonight is for what you can get a hold of down here you're, you're never going to be satisfied. 
You're never going to be happy. You're never going to be blessed uh, in the spiritual sense. But if you can let go of some stuff down here and say, I'd rather have Jesus than anything I know. I'd rather have Jesus than this sin. I'd rather have Jesus than wealth, health, and prosperity. And you can live in the blessedness of God. Uh, I, I've looked at each one of these uh, and gave the same treatment to each one of these Beatitudes and we're gonna do it again tonight, the same outline. I hope by the time I'm done preaching these nine that you'll have this outline memorized. Uh, let's look first of all tonight at the paradox. I want you to notice the paradox of what Jesus has said, the paradox. And again, a paradox is something when you hear it, it seems uh, impossible, it seems untrue, uh, it seems ridiculous but in fact, it is truth, uh, though it doesn't seem that way. Uh, and, and this is a paradox, uh, and it's not, as, it's not as obvious as the others. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, that's definitely a paradox. You say, well, you know, I, I don't even see how that makes sense until you study the scripture. If I'm poor in spirit, I'm blessed. But when we studied it and we found out that it means to be humble before God, uh, bow down before God saying, I'm not, I'm not, I can't eat, I'm nothing. Uh, and then when you submit yourself to the goodness and the will of God, therein comes the blessings of God uh, that accompany salvation. Well, then it makes sense. But in the beginning, it seems as though it's a paradox. Uh, this one is the same. It's just not quite as uh, obvious. Uh, you say, how is it uh, a, a paradox? Uh, well, it's a paradox because Jesus said we're supposed to hunger and thirst after righteousness, and yet the truth of the matter is, is that's not what you're naturally hungry for. That's not what you're naturally thirsty for. Uh, we want to be right, not righteous. Oh, young, talk back to me right there. We want to be right uh, more than we want to be righteous. Uh, I don't want to be wrong. I want to be right. I want to win. Uh, we want to be rich most of the time more than we want to be righteous. People will work themselves to death because they want one more $100 bill in their pocket. People will work themselves to death because they want one more car in their garage. They will work themselves to death because they want one more IRA in their retirement fund uh, so that they can rest in their old age. People will work themselves to death because they want one more vacation. They want one more thing. Uh, they are hungry for it. They are thirsty for it. Uh, and it is a paradox to say that's not as important uh, as being hungry for the will of God and the, and the life and the nature of God in your life. Uh, people... Uh, are hungry for success at all costs. I'll do whatever I've got to do to be successful. I'll bend over backwards. I'll jump through whatever hoop I can to have grand success in life. I want that more than the air I breathe is the motto of many. Of course, that crowd's getting fewer and further in between. Most people don't even want to go to work anymore. Uh, and they found out you don't have to. Uh, Uncle Sam will write you a check and you can stay home. I think we've had it wrong this whole time, church. We, we need to rethink. We need to reassess our thinking. Uh, <laughs> if I didn't have the Bible verse 
that said a man uh, 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 a man that don't work, don't eat, uh, I think I might join their crowd. Uh, the benefits are great. Uh, uh, we, we want success and hungry for it. We want the best. It's, it consumes us. Uh, let me ask you a question. I, I didn't write any of this down. I'm just thinking of it. Uh, what is it that you set up at night in bed and study? When you ought to be asleep, but you set up on Marketplace, you set up on Google, and you're studying how to be better at something else. You know why? That's because that's what you're hungry for. That's what you're thirsty for. That's what you're interested in. Uh, and Jesus didn't say that that was bad. Of course, it might be uh, just depending on what you're hungry for. But it don't mean that it's bad. It don't mean that it's wrong. Uh, but if you're more hungry for success than you are being right with God, than you are the glory of God in your life, then you're gonna miss out on the blessings of, of, of the peace of God and the... Uh, and the hand of God in your life. Are you hearing me tonight? Uh, addictions. Uh, people, uh, people are hungry to feel that addiction. And they'll sell everything they got to get that one more time. Uh, they'll, get, uh, they'll give away all of the goodness in their life to get one more hit or one more shot or one more swallow of whatever it is that they're addicted to, uh, uh, they'll do it over and over because that is what they hunger. That is what they thirst after. And if you're in here tonight and you ever hungered and thirsted after things of addiction and God has set you free, you ought to just take a moment and praise the Lord that God has changed what you're hungry for. God has changed what you're thirsty for and he's given you a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. People uh, are hungry for popularity. Just want to be accepted. Young people especially, but it don't change. You get older, people are hungry for popularity. I want to be popular. I want to be influential. I want, I want people to want to be around me. I want people to like me. And we will sell our very soul, seemingly, just for somebody to like us or agree with us. Hey, hey, let me let, me let you in on a little secret tonight, just in case you don't know. Uh, some of the greatest leaders in life have been those that we're willing to swim upstream to go against the grain. Young people, just make your mind up. I don't care what these crazy people are doing. If I gotta swim upstream, go against the grain, I'm willing to, uh, to be right with God. <coughs> Excuse me. We want uh, applause, hungry, thirsty for approval. Uh, things that satisfy our flesh. And so when we hear the Lord say, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, really, apart from God saving you and giving you a new nature, that goes absolutely against everything in your life. It's a paradox. Uh, Let me give you some verses tonight. 
Uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. I want to give you three Bible illustrations and some verses that go along with them and we'll move on. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I promise you as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Moses was never hungry for anything that he wanted. He was never thirsty for anything that he wanted. If he wanted more education, he could get it. If he wanted more money, he could get it. If he wanted more applause, all he had to do was call a parade and he could get it. If he wanted more friends, he could get it. If he wanted more, whatever it was he was hungry for, he had it, but what's what he did? He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Why? Verse 26 tells us why. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, I, I won't take a long time tonight to talk about this, but Moses, the stepson, the, the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, the grandson of Pharaoh, raised in the palace of Egypt, finest education a young man could ever want, all the friends, all the popularity, all the parade, all the pomp, all of the applause, the best foods from all over all the lands, the riches, the bed, I mean, I mean living it up in Egypt. And yet one day he realized that there's greater than this and the Bible said that he, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. One day it occurred to him that God's riches are greater than Pharaoh's riches. That, that serving God is greater than serving Pharaoh. And everything that he hungered for and thirsted after in this life, Jesus had something that satisfied more than Pharaoh. I want to say to you tonight, Jesus is greater than Pharaoh. And whatever Pharaoh's offering you that you're hungering after and thirsting after, you'll never find the blessedness of God at the hand of Pharaoh. It'll never be enough. Money will never be enough. Fame will never be enough. Success will never be enough. Substance will never be enough. Addiction will never be enough. But can I say to you tonight that Jesus is enough and Jesus satisfies and he satisfies fully and completely tonight. That's why I he could say, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Not riches, not success, not grandeur. Notice he goes on, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is 
invisible. He said, I saw the king on one hand and, and, and there was reason to fear him and there was reason to want what he had. But I saw the other king on the other hand and the invisible king I saw was greater than the one that was standing before me and I recognized that it would be better to serve this one than to serve that one. Aren't you glad for the day when your king changed? Aren't you glad for the day when you realize that there is something greater in this life? It's a paradox. Exodus chapter 33, verse number 18. You don't have to turn there, but here's what Moses said to God. Show me thy glory. Moses, who had had everything in Egypt. Moses, who had uh, seen miracles when he stepped out by faith and he told God, I'll do what you told me to do. And God parted the Red Sea and God sent the plagues to Egypt at the hand of Moses. Moses, who saw God work. Moses, who felt God's presence. Moses, who felt God's touch and hand in his life. And yet he comes before God one more time and he says to God, show me thy glory. Still hungry. God, I need you more today. I want you more today. I'd say to you tonight, he satisfies, but he leaves you wanting more. He feels. It's kind of like eating a Pop-Tart. It tastes all right, but you'll be hungry in 20 minutes. Compared to eating a steak, it's a whole lot better. Can I get away? Now, some of these kids don't think so because nobody ever gave them a pallet. Uh, nobody ever helped them along. That's all y'all let them have was some little Pop-Tarts. You need to get that kid a steak and, and some broccoli next to it. Man, that, that'll really change their life. I hated okra and squash when I was a kid, and my daddy says, all right, we'll feed you enough of it in your life. You'll learn to like it. He ain't lying. I learned to like it. I like it about as good as anything in this world. You just got to eat it in a little while. I didn't like it. Part of it was texture. Part of it was taste. I, I'd, I'd run past 12,000 Pop-Tarts to get some fried okra tonight. Uh, it's kind of like a steak. It's, it's filling and it's substance and when you get done, you're full and you're looking forward to the next time you get to get another one. <laughs> Jesus satisfies. But Moses said, I want to see you some more. I want to hear you some more. You get in a good old-fashioned prayer meeting with God and you leave saying, praise God, he met with me. But that's not enough. Tomorrow you're going to want to meet with him again. You get an old-fashioned Holy Ghost-filled service and you go to church for three hours and say, we're in the presence of God. I think we'll come back tomorrow and try again. We want to hear his voice. There's nothing like him in the world. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Uh, David, let me read you another text tonight. David, king of Israel, man after God's own heart, wealth, prosperity, had everything that the world could offer. But Psalm 63 
Here's what David says as he's hungering and thirsting after God. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. I'm gonna get up early looking for you because I know I need you more than any. Well, wouldn't it be good tonight if we got some, where's your hunger at? Have you quit hungering after the things of God? Have you quit thirsting? Has something else filled your appetite? Has something else quenched your thirst? Has something else taken the place? Uh, David said, I'm gonna get up early. Do you remember when you used to get up early and seek the face of God? How long's it been since you got up early and sought the face and the presence of God in your life? My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory. So have I seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life. David said, God, your kindness towards me is better than living itself. And life without you is not really worth living. And I'm gonna seek you and I'm gonna seek you early and I'm gonna seek you till I find you. God, you are my desire. You are what I'm hungering after. You are what I am thirsting for. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live and will lift up my hands in thy name. And you can read on, Psalm 63. David said, I got all this down here, but what I really want is to see thy glory. What I really want is to hear thy voice. What I really want is for you to thunder from Mount Sinai one more time. What I really want is the hand of God in my life. I read behind one man who said this. He said, sometimes when we see people and we say, well, they must not be saved. They have no hunger and thirst for righteousness. He said that may be so. Sometimes people, because they have no, uh, they're not saved, and the reason uh, we know that is they have zero hunger and thirst for righteousness. He said, but a saved man can lose his hunger and thirst for righteousness. My wife and I have been trying to eat healthy. This morning I weighed 214 pounds. I got off the scale, got back on it again, I weighed 217 pounds. I got off, got back on, I weighed 224 pounds. I finally said, I'm gonna quit getting back on this stupid thing. <laughs> Obviously, my scales are off. I don't know what I've lost, but I feel like I've lost some weight. We've been eating healthy. I tell you what I like to eat. <clears throat> I like hamburgers. Praise the Lord. I like a double stack. Uh... I, I like French fries. Help me right there. I mean, French fries. Dip them in ketchup, ranch, honey mustard, you name it. It don't matter to me. Barbecue sauce. Eat them plain. I like milkshakes. I really like vanilla, but I'll, 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 I'll eat a chocolate one. Or a strawberry. But I like vanilla. My wife says I'm boring. I like being boring. Checkers fries and a milkshake, and I'm, I'm, I'm seated in heavenly places. Uh, I like little Debbie's. She's a blessing in my life. <laughs> I like them. I like sweet tea. Praise the Lord. I haven't had sweet tea in so long. Diet Coke is all right, but nothing is as good as sweet tea. I like it. 
I tell you what I'm not a huge fan of, carrots and ranch. It's all right. I don't dislike it. I don't dislike that. I never ate that and thought, this is horrible, but I just don't do what oatmeal cream pies does. Huh? Sweet potato fries are good. I'm not going to lie and say they're not good. They're just not like fried french fries. I double fried them there. Fried french fries. This is not the same. Uh, a burger without bread. I can do that. It's called a hamburger steak. Put some gravy on it. It's just not as good without the bread. But it's not bad. It's just not as good. But you know what I found? The more I eat right, the more I want right. You know what I want for dessert when I'm not eating right? Um, cake, chocolate, Little Debbie's. And you know, I mean, I can go to the fridge and, and strawberries in there, and I'm like, eh, they're probably all right, but ice cream is in here too. Which one am I going? Ice cream. And, and really, the strawberries, just, they just kind of taste bland, you know. Grapes. Oh, that's good, but I've also got chocolate. And so I go with that. Honey, that's good. Yeah, honey's fine, you know, ain't nothing wrong with it. The bees made it, and so uh, I'm, uh, you know, that's good. But, you know, vanilla cake or chocolate cake. But we've been doing right, and we got off of sugar for a month, and you'd be surprised how sweet them grapes taste now. Them grapes is, I mean, they're just divine. <laughs> them strawberries, I ate four of them before church, and I would have ate more, but I put them up. They were so sweet. I mean, what's the, I'm looking for a word, and I can't describe, I can't find the word I'm looking, but they were, I mean, they were scrumptious. Strawberries. Good. I, I ate today. I messed up today. I, I, I looked in the fridge at the school and I was tired and hungry and it was a weak moment. And they had those uh, from our Sunday school class party over there the other night. They had those little chocolate little Debbies in there and I got one and it was so good I, I tried another one. <laughs> I ate two. And it was good and just as good as the first one. Immediately I felt extremely tired. That's probably why I couldn't have the meeting. I was, I was fatigued from the sugar overload that I hadn't had. I, immediately I was tired. Immediately my stomach was like, ugh. And immediately I felt horrible because my appetite had changed. You want to hunger and thirst after righteousness? Bring some righteousness in your life. Where do I do that, preacher? These 66 books is a good place. Get up in the morning and look for the face of God. Get up in the morning and listen to the voice of God. Turn the radio off and turn the word of God on. If you gotta listen to something going down the road, plug in the Blue Letter Bible app and let the, let the word of God echo in your ears as you ride down the road. Turn on a preacher instead of Fox News and listen to the word of God be preached and you'll find out them grapes are a whole lot better than you think they are. 
might find out you like that better. You like the way it changed your life better than getting by on junk food. Junk food is substance. It's kind of like feeding your dog cheap dog food. Ain't nothing to it. It's just fluff. If you get a hold of something, give you some energy. Them, 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 them people that we like watching on them, on them survivalist shows and all that. They're always trying to uptake, get get their calorie intake. We gotta get get our protein and our calories. Why? Because your body needs physically something worth 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 getting a hold of to give you the strength that you need if it needs it physically don't you think God has created you spiritually that you need something you need something better than the pop tarts and the and the and the cornflakes that you've been getting by on God can give you something that'll stick with you for a day it'll stick with you for a while and you can run on the energy of it blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness I won't finish this tonight. I, I don't want to preach longer than you're able to, to receive. Let me just give you Paul as an illustration tonight. Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Verse 7 again, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. He said, everything that used to satisfy me never really satisfied me, and I was always wanting more. And all of that is loss. It is nothing compared to what I have in Christ. And I want to know him even if it means I have to suffer. I'd rather suffer that I might know him than live with no suffering and not know him. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's the paradox. Next time we meet, Lord willing, I'll, I'll finish this thought, the progression and the promise. Let's close tonight with that. I, I read or I heard a man say the other day, you can come to the piano. It convicted me. He said, to preachers, he said, uh, do you love preaching Jesus more than you love the Jesus you preach? Let me think about that for a minute. Preachers love to preach and Jesus is the best topic there is. He said, but do you love preaching Jesus more than you love the Jesus that you preach? What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? Let me ask you a question tonight. In the beginning of this year, we started out in 
encouraging the church. We was having prayer meetings at home, at church. How long has it been since you've had a prayer meeting? How long has it been since you went into your secret place and knelt before God and said, I'm so hungry. I need you. I'm so thirsty. I want you more than anything in this world. How long has it been since you turned off the TV and said, my flesh wants this, but my soul is hungry for righteousness. You can play. How long has it been since you got off of Facebook and you said, my flesh wants to sit here and scroll numbingly and mindlessly, but my soul is hungry for the things of God. God, I want you. I want you. I want you. Have you lost your appetite for the word of God? Have you lost your appetite and your thirst for the water of life? Why don't you come tell God you're sorry and you're going to go on a spiritual diet? Until you get your appetite back. Maybe you've never had an appetite. Maybe you're lost. Why don't you come be honest with God tonight. Let God save you that you might have a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let's stand all over the building this evening. She's going to play and sing. You mind the Lord this evening. If he spoke to you, I'm sure he has. You mind the Lord tonight. I'm sure he spoke to you.